Welcome to the South Carolina New Legacy Podcast. I'm Vicki, and today I'm here with our friend Chris, um, and we are going to talk about music and activism. Yeah. So, um, should we do a check-in, or? We can, yeah. Okay. It's so since we're tradition. We're, let's, let's talk about music. There's something, what's your favorite musician of all time? Mm. And that's a hard question. That is a hard question. I'm not going to think about it too hard. Um, I guess, so first thing that came to mind when you asked that was Jesse Michaels, who is a, he was the front person of a band called Operation Ivy. Uh And um, since we're talking about kind of politically motivated bands, his his lyrics were very captivating. And and, and tied with the the action of the times? Yes, yes. They were, they were a band Mm -hmm. in the, um, kind of in the, the 80s, and it was kind of like a punk band that... Uh, punk was very political. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, Jesse Michaels' lyrics really okay. uh, have a soft yeah. place in my heart. See, see, m- mine is more of um, Dolly Parton. She ah. has spoken to me since I was a child. That's a good one. There's a song called Wildflowers Don't Care Where You Grow that I absolutely love and sing loudly. And if I'm in the grocery store and 9 to 5 comes on, I might be singing it (laughs) while while in the grocery store, no matter who sees me. I think I'd probably sing along if it came on in the grocery store as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I have actually caught myself doing that um, because, you know, we go to grocery stores, good music comes on, you're pushing your cart along, and all of a sudden... The next thing you know, you're singing along with what's on the, the, the overhead. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, speakers. So, all right. Um, since we're talking about music and activism, uh, why don't you tell people that you're a musician and, and what kind of stuff you do? Yeah, yeah. I am a musician, a bassist primarily, but I, um, I dabble on multiple instruments, um, probably... Bass and keyboard is kind of my, my uh-huh. primary um, go-to um, instruments. But I um, kind of grew up initially getting into music through, like, like um, playing in punk bands. And, uh-huh. um, but I was also... Were you a band geek? I was not a band geek. I was in the orchestra, uh-huh. which luckily for me, it was, it was as involved as you wanted to get in. It was great, but it didn't require meeting after school every day and it didn't require marching and band yeah. and stuff like that see, so see, i see i was i was in marching band for for two years i played clarinet badly and i play a little piano also badly nice yeah they're um uh-huh. music's tough so um yeah you know if, if you're having fun with it it doesn't really matter your skill level but yeah. um but tell that to miss troiano there's a uh, there's a famous quote by um classical pianist Rachmaninoff music is enough for a lifetime but a lifetime is not enough for music indeed, something like indeed. that that's a good one and so it's always like a I think glass full half empty it's where it's like you can devote your whole life to it and you're never there's always gonna be more to learn which is great but then uh-huh. it's also like you can devote your whole life to it and you're never gonna master <laughs> it <laughs> and that's that's what it the way it should be because I think that there are so many times in society where Art intersects with life and activism, mm-hmm. and mastering it is 
how how would you define the intersection of art and activism? I think um, yeah, it's 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 a very common intersection, I believe. Um, and I think with with any type of art, you're you're expressing ideas, and so with um, yeah, so it's 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 just a natural occurrence that uh-huh. that any anyone with ideas about politics that it would be represented in their art and and it seems very natural that a lot of art will will deal with with that subject matter and it seems like it's almost every genre occasionally has a very political every genre of music that is has a very political bent like i grew up listening to johnny cash and being told that he wore black because he would wear black until every man in prison and like Native Americans were equal and um, treated equally. And then you have like people like Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles and all those people during that time period expressing through music their opinions about politics and overall culture. Yeah. And, you know, even into our time, because like you and I are eh, similar ages. Yeah. I'm a little bit older than you, I think, but like Nirvana mm-hmm. um, and the grunge of the 90s also expressed a certain level of politics. Yeah, I think it gives, there's, so, I mean, not only like we were talking before about just the art being an expression of, of ideas, but it also gives, um, when when a group has success, it's it's a, it's a, it's a soapbox. It's like a and uh, the opportunity to kind uh-huh. of make make ideas heard and 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 so again it falls very naturally that that politics be part of that um, and I agree like you said before that it's not genre specific there's no. um, you mentioned Johnny Cash there's a big folk tradition with like Pete Seeger and mm-hmm. Woody Guthrie of yep. of writing um, this machine kills fascists yes yes such a great um, uh, slogan to have branded on your on your, um, Musical your weapon of choice, your, exactly. your guitar, or your banjo, but but yeah, it's not genre specific. There was you, you know you mentioned grunge, and I think even a little before that is um, punk rock, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where and hip hop was and hip hop, yeah, yeah. Same, very similar time, and and I think that even stems even earlier, um, and coming out of jazz and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's um, a, here Dizzy Gillespie in South Carolina and. Um, many other jazz artists were were kind of forward thinking in their time, yeah, and using using their music to express a perspective on life that maybe not everyone shared. What what should artists do if they get pushed back because of their politics? Should they just push back harder? Yeah, typically that means you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you uh, there was a. Um, I don't remember who said it, but it was... It's okay. It, I never remember who yeah, said it. Yeah, it, it was, this, um, you know, if you, you know, if you're not getting pushback from what you're you're saying, it's not, you know, you're not, um, you're not saying enough. Or you're, yeah. Um, you know, if it's, if everything's just prim and proper and in its place, mm-hmm. then you're, you're probably not, yeah, you're not challenging yeah. the status quo. So when artists do that, how, how are they best able to use their power? Um, to change, to, to advocate for change. Yeah, I mean, I think with music, um, specifically kind of, I'm going to use pop music as a very broad sense, so not 
to be not necessarily I'm not referring to pop music as in uh, what's on the radio but pop music as opposed to like classical well yeah so the pop form just being music that has that has lyrics and it's kind of simpler song structures Uh and stuff like that lyrics have a a very good place to you know you to to write out a clear message Um, and then you kind of have this you know you can almost use it as Propaganda and the, the music form is kind of like the, the vessel to where you can get uh-huh. these ideas out and open to the public. Yeah. You know, you can write a catchy tune, you can get people singing along to it, and then eventually, you, you know, you're kind of planted the seeds of whatever, yeah. um, you know, thought that, that, that created the. Where, where, do you, where do you think it all began with music and activism? Does it go all the way back to like medieval troubadours or even further? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I really, you know, I think I, I'll just restate again that, you know, art is, it's an expression of ideas. Let's let's move on to specific artists and specific messages. Like, we've, we've talked a little bit about, because I mentioned them, because the Beatles and, like, a lot of the other people who were doing anti-war messages at the time. Mm-hmm. The, the, what's your favorite artist with that message, I know you mentioned Jesse Michaels. Someone else, let's let's sure, sure, like a band. Yeah, um, so the the band that went along with with um, Jesse Michaels uh-huh. being the front person of Operation Ivy. So there's that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Propagandi was a, another very political band. Um, uh-huh. They were kind of. 90s they're, they're still going on today but i kind of you know had a is there a specific album that people should listen to or song less talk more rock is okay. a uh, is as i think their their pinnacle album they were uh-huh. they they kind of had some member changes and so it you know i and still really support what they're doing but the the style of music kind of became it a little modified more, and changed as it should with yeah time. yeah yeah and, it, and so i kind of uh-huh. you know lost interest after a while but um they're still going today but but yeah the less talk more rock there was um i guess the single off the record was on a fat records compilation uh-huh. and um it was really i'll, I'll give a politically subsidized privately profitable anthem of the upper tier the puppeteers untouchable focus a moment not an approval bury our heads in the barcodes of these neo-colonials uh-huh yeah um, that's a very anti-consumerist yeah, yeah. message right. i just, like it and then um yeah uh-huh. and it just had you know this really fast palm muting thing it really uh-huh. swept me up i was i was uh uh-huh. sitting lyric sheet in hand trying to it's a very mouthful it's very like fast delivery yeah. uh, so, so so um you too grew up in the time when you got like the tapes or cds yeah with yeah. the lyrics inside and yeah you, I had, you had to read along while they do it yeah me yeah, too my, my younger days like when uh-huh. i first started you know purchasing music on my own was some cassettes and then a few uh-huh. years later kind of shifted over to cds yeah and kind of like through high school and stuff like that that was uh-huh. like we're, we're, we're talking to the millennials and generation x people out there not not to these gen z folks right now, right right with their their spotify <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah and itunes yeah, um, but yeah i have mm-hmm. very uh very fond memories of sitting on a bed with a lyric sheet yeah well, I think it, the album um, is an art that is lost overall, um, and there have been tons of albums with like messages that you have to listen to the whole thing yeah, to like get it. Concept albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. It's funny because when when recorded music first 
uh-huh. um, started to come about in the, uh-huh. um, you know, when vinyl records were, and, and even before the eight tracks, yeah. um, you know, first started to happen. With Especially with eight tracks, you were limited on how much space you could uh-huh. fit on, on each side. So at first, it was just singles. Albums weren't a concept yet. Yeah. And then later with the, um, you, you switch to vinyl, you have 45s, which kind of have a A side and a B side, just one mm-hmm. song on each. And those are getting played in jukeboxes. But then eventually there's the invention of the 12 inch, which is, okay, now we can have a longer form. Yeah. And so original 12 inch records were just compilations of previous singles. Singles, that makes sense. And then later it kind of started to was Change. it like around the Beach Boys with Good Vibration? No, it dated or back is... a little bit before that. Uh-huh. I, I could be wrong, but I remember hearing in some music class at some history at some point um, that Frank Sinatra was one of the first to okay. have like a concept album Yeah, um, where he kind of had like, okay, these are all like sad, sappy love songs or these are all like happy. And he ah, kind of had yeah, these, yeah, like yeah, a gotcha. theme that went about. Um, uh-huh. But then... Beatles were definitely um, very influential yeah. in like the, uh, Sergeant Pepper's yeah, Lonely Heart the, Club um, Band. They were actually influenced, and I've seen this on documentaries because my dad was a big Beach Boys fan, so I've seen a lot of documentaries about the Beach Boys, is they were actually influenced by the Beach Boys album, Good Vibrations, which came out before, and then uh, that, before Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. And so I, I, that's why I went back to the Beach Boys. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> I love a good harmony, and, and no one does that like the Beach Boys. Yeah, they're they're great. Uh, uh, yeah, um, again, that's that comes from growing up in a household where I listened to like the anthems of the '60s and stuff with my my father. He loved like you know Marvin Gaye and mm. like. Um, what's going on and and, yeah. and that Tina Turner um, and all of those type people how do you think music shaped the 20th century and that's a big question yeah so so let's just try to to wrap our heads around it a little bit and talk it out and see if we can come come to some conclusions sure well I think because um, well, like, yeah I'm kind of just I'm trying to kinda... like like I'm, I'm thinking about for example let's let's look at movies like when you're Telling a story like Forrest Gump, you can't do it without the music. Mm-hmm. When you're telling a story like The Wonder Years, you couldn't do it without the music. Yeah. And that's the why you can't find The Wonder Years streaming anywhere. Um, I grew up watching The Wonder Years, so sorry, I used that no, as I, an example. I like that show as well. But the the it seems like life has a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, and the soundtrack of different people's lives is different, obviously. But when you think of the 60s and all the changes that happened there, you can't think of the changes without thinking of the music. They're intertwined together and tied together into a, a, a single piece. Uh, do you think that's true for the whole 20th century or just for the 60s? Or um, Well, I mean, I definitely think... Thinking about the entire century, if you go back to the beginning of it, uh-huh. that kind of correlates with the beginning of like recorded, recorded music. music. Exactly. Um, as opposed to where previously music would just be notated down and you have People. You know, the, the notes written down with suggestions about dynamics and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very much a, 
you 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 had Jocelyn preservation and the, the ragtime and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, with especially with him you had the um uh-huh. the piano role yep. um, where we don't have recordings of Scott Joplin uh-huh. playing, but we do have piano roles that he played, so it's a, pretty much a a, one a punch one. card on uh-huh. a on a scroll. Um yeah. and so, you know, it was actually his fingers that were playing the keys uh-huh. that were punching the holes. So that's yep. the closest to an actual recording of his that we have uh-huh. um you know it's a, it's a little intermediate step where it's it's closer to the source than than just a handwritten yeah. score and and was it edison that invented the victrola or was recordings um, or was it alexandra graham bell i can't remember i'm not quite sure okay that's fine we don't need to know that's that's not yeah. important <laughs> for this podcast but um i guess but I do think, like, you know, thinking of the whole century, I do think um, having recorded music, you have, um, it can be, it can be very inspirational. And so it can, uh-huh. it can, and it can take subject matter that otherwise might be kind of depressing or, uh-huh. or, in uh, you know, aggravating. Mm-hmm. And it can put it in a context to where it can be more motivational in it, or it can be, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of relate to it and, and. Um, and sing along and kind of it can give you kind of it if you listen to music from like the beginning it tells a story of the century right like it's very Ken Burns of me to think of it that way I think but I think it does like he his Ken Burns is did a great documentary series on jazz. Yeah, I've, I've seen um, it. And he basically starts his story with Louis Armstrong mm-hmm. and follows Louis Armstrong's life as the story he's encompassing with jazz and he does a little bit past louis death but um when you think about music in the 20th century you can't think not think about jazz and r&b and rock and roll and all of those things that sort of began in in like the 19 early 1900s to about like let's say 90 or so with like punk and everything you got to include that as well and can you tell the story of the world without music i wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah yeah see that's good that's good i am i'm a writer so story is big for me so that's why i'm asking all these ridiculous questions sure no and i like a narrative when i can have it and so i just i just can't imagine life without recorded music and i i, I think music takes you back to a place in time as well, I, I know I feel like I'm rambling a little bit about this, no. but I'm, I'm, I think I'm making sense. In that, like, if you play, I went and saw the movie Captain Marvel a couple of weeks ago, and I've seen it twice now. Excellent movie, but every time the music plays on that thing, I'm back in high school in the mid '90s, and <laughs> just like I'm, I'm, I'm that girl again, you know. Sure. I'm on the the tennis bus with my friends. Nice. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I think music definitely has a a big nostalgic um, tinge to it. To where when you when you you know revisit a certain song, you know it's very likely to take you back to when you first heard it. Or yeah, yeah and you remember you know remembering things about the, a time when you were you know first yeah. discovering that specific song or, yeah. or record or artist and and again like I, I said the the 90s 
everybody remembers their own generation and their own teenage years and for me that was the 90s and maybe into the early 2000s a bit everybody thinks their music is the best so <laughs> I am I am not up to date on my music what should I be listening to now that um, has sort of activism themes to it hmm See, now I've asked you a, a complex question. Yeah, I... Um, Should we maybe put together a playlist and link it in the, 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 the comments below? We could attempt that, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's our option. Um, as far as bands that are active current bands that are that have, have like political messaging behind uh-huh. them, one that's coming into mind is uh, Churches, is, a, is like kind of like a, a pop synth band. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe not so much directly in the. I, I think there. I mean, I think there are probably some cases where it it arises in in the lyrics as well. But more so, the band's uh-huh. public profile is they're, yeah. they're very um, outspoken, and it's it's. I think it's it's really. For me, it's very that's. It's really cool because they're they're kind of a. They've got some radio success. Um, but it is like more of like a pop uh-huh. band that is very accessible, whereas as opposed to, you know, an underground band that mm-hmm. you know might be like very prominent in their messaging, yeah. but are only getting distributed to a very small niche of people. One of our dear friends and a member of the New Legacy Project, Danielle, talks a lot about Granddad as having a political message. I don't know much about him, but I trust her judgment. Uh-huh. So let's let's include him in the the, the list. Yeah, is that uh-huh. um, is that the same? Is that Granddaddy, or is there another? I don't I'm know. I think with? it's called Granddad. But again, picture me as that old lady who doesn't <laughs> um, know this current music and and is shouting, "Get off my lawn, kids!" <laughs> um, because that that is what I feel like right now when I talk about modern stuff. Now, if you want to ask me about anything before say 2010 i might be able to help you nice um but i, I started listening to audiobooks when i got my new car in 2013 and that's i i lost the music train around then yeah well i'll uh-huh. I'll, I'll confess d- despite being a musician i've uh-huh. been um uh-huh. my last several years have been more more of my it's more focus on, on what i'm actually playing in and rehearsing those uh-huh. than, and not Finding um, not, new bands. Not finding new artists. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm we, we a might tail ha- between my legs on We, we might have to get Danielle to, to make us a list. She's She is very up on the the new rock stuff. Sure. So. Um, but I am also sort of a hip-hop fan, and I want to go ahead and say that we're not talking about hip-hop so much this time, but we're going to do a specific episode focused on hip-hop. And we are going to maybe Chris and I will talk to Amari about it. Yeah, yeah. In the future, there was a um, a Dead Prez album that I had that was very, uh, uh-huh. very politically. I mean, I think all of their stuff is very politically centered, but um, uh-huh. but yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, there's there's tons of artists. Yeah, um, like I, I I think again because I'm a '90s um, girl, I think fuck the police. Yeah. And um, all of the messages from, like, Tupac, who is... I, yeah. I, I know that people don't think he's as good at flowing. Omari will discuss that with you. But his lyrics were amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that, that song changes. Yeah, um, that's what the one I was thinking about. Yeah. 
Um, and but like he's got other ones that that hat spoke to me as 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 a child, not just Cal- California Love, which <laughs> I loved. Uh, I I am the typical white woman who loves rap. Um, <laughs> nice. So you know, and I I have for a number of years. I I'm a big fan of Eminem. He put out an album recently that has Cinderella Man, and that one really speaks to me. I don't know if it's political so much as it's a reference to keep on fighting which i find um sort of inspirational sure yeah um i a lot of that's what it's there for but like you know if you're you guys are interested in exploring like hip-hop and messaging and stuff like that there is a great documentary called the evolution of hip-hop i saw it on netflix I think I saw that too. And it was fabulous. Um, so I really recommend people watch it. Uh, and I think Jazz, Ken Burns Jazz, is also on there as a pretty good documentary on music. I can't think of any more documentaries. Can you think of any? Um, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a documentary on, called Punk Singer, which is about um, Kathleen Hanna, who was the front person for several bands um, from the Riot Girl movement. Ah, good. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like kind of late 80s through the 90s based in D.C. There was kind of like a, a big hardcore movement there. The Riot Girl movement was kind of demanding and, and, and making more um, women representation within that music scene. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I, I, I have a, a playlist that call is called women rockers so i might have to add some of her music to that list yeah yeah um she was in several bands so bikini kill the julie ruin um la tigra um, Uh and any of those bands would be okay great uh starting points yeah i will i have uh so real talk i made a playlist on spotify for a friend's child who said she wanted to be a rock star when she grew up. And all her heroes were were male, and I thought that was a shame because there were so many other heroes she could have. So um, I created a playlist, and I have, you know, some Janice on there (laughs) because everybody needs to know from Janice. But I also have Cherry Bomb from, oh, my gosh, I cannot think of their names. But look it up. It's, (laughs) it's, it's... there are two sings and songs, and she told her mother, and she's six years old, and she says, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Nice. And I was like, that is so cute. It, it, it makes me happy when, when my little friends are, are, are find, find other women to be proud of, I guess. Yeah, certainly. Um, so let's, let's sort of end this with talking about three or four songs that influenced you and your activism and me and my activism let's let's sort of switch off and we can each say a song then you i can say a song then you can say a song so i'm going to start with credence clearwater revival which is ccr for those of you who are not in the know (laughs) and the song fortunate son my dad loves ccr all right, so he has records, like literal 12-inch vinyl nice. records uh, of this song, and he used to play it when I was in. I would listen to the lyrics, and I would think, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right, um, because, you know, you're, we're working class people. We're not 
senator's children, senator's children, and and you know, my dad was a Vietnam vet, and three of his brothers are also Vietnam vets, or at least were in the military at the time of Vietnam. I'm not sure if Uncle David went to Vietnam, but my uncle Bubba did. Yes, I have an uncle Bubba. <laughs> my dad and my uncle Tracy um, are all Vietnam vets who went over overseas and it's like you know george w bush could get out of it um donald trump could get out of it yeah because they had the money to pay for representation to keep them out of the war so now it's your turn all right i think i'll start with um i'll start with operation ivy since i kind of yeah named them as a big influence early on Uh uh-huh um and the song would by them is freeze up. Um, uh-huh. It's talking about kind of the like post-industrial revolution, kind of like the, it's the empty factories to the east with all our waste. Um, yeah, are they are they British or um, no? No, they they're... are. They're from they're from the East Bay, so okay. California. Yeah, so that that makes sense. Um, you know, because you you can like you think of. There's certain types of music that make sense with with um, certain areas, and that makes sense. So yeah. East Bay uh-huh. and Freeze Up. Yes. All yeah. right. Um, so, so what else are they talking about in that song that you resonated with? Um, I'm trying to remember the uh, the lyrics, um, but it's pretty much just talking about how you know this is abandonment of. As, as society moves on to the next thing that you know just leaving leaving behind uh-huh. and then not having any representation having kind of these you know politicians that are that are not serving the people uh-huh yeah that, just that's a, a good reason that's a good one all right so for me the next one would be Folsom Prison Blues but the the live album when Johnny Cash throws the the glass of water on the floor okay so I recommend you go and listen to that particular version all of them are good because you know I like with with him I like that driving guitar beat I don't know exactly how to describe it mm-hmm. but like it's it's the, a unique sound for the time period um, and he and his bassist had together it's almost like a train okay, of, cool. of beats I don't know exactly again he sings Folsom Prison Blues and he sort of talks to the the prisoners because he's recording it live in the prison and um he's given a he wanted water and he's given a glass of water and it's brown and so he throws the glass and i that was when i sort of realized that musicians even country musicians could be activists because you know he wanted better conditions for prisoners which you can't argue with yeah nice Okay, so now it's your turn for for your next song. Right. Well, this is one that I was quoting lyrics to before. So it's a song by Propagandi, and the title is, And We Thought Nation States Were a Bad Idea. Yeah, yeah, see, that's that's all there in the title. Yeah, so um, it's it kind of goes, I'll just quote some of the lyrics. Publicly subsidized, privately profitable, the anthem of the upper tier... The puppeteer's untouchables. Focus a moment, nod on approval, bury our heads in the barcodes of these neo-colonials. Our former nemesis, the romance of the nation-state, now plays fundraiser for a new brand of power concentrate. 
Concentrate. Try again, but now we're confused. What is class war? Is this class war? Yes, this is class war. Uh-huh. It's kind of skipping a little further ahead. Born, hired, disposed, where that job lands and everybody knows. You can tell by the smile on the CEO, environmental restraints are about to go. Um, uh, so it's <laughs> very environmentally friendly and yeah. class friendly. Yeah, yeah I, they, can, um, I agree with that one. Yeah, it's um, it's a good one through and through. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go back to the '90s for my next one, and it's um, changes by Tupac. I think we talked mm. about it earlier, um, and it it's. I don't have my phone up, so I can't read you the lyrics, but um, it talks about how um, black men treat black women, and it talks about how culture treats black women and black men, and it's just, it's a good song. When I, when I think of things that influenced my views on racial justice and life in general, um, it's up there with with those. Um, also, like I mentioned earlier, fuck the police and some of um, NWA stuff. Yeah. Also, is very much influencing of my my views on racial justice. And when I when I go back and listen to them in 2019, <laughs> it's all stuff that's still happening now. The the police violence, drug wars, and how basically the <laughs> CIA. And people brought crack cocaine and cocaine into impoverished areas. Redlining comes up mm-hmm. to some degree in all of that thing. And, and it's things I didn't know about, but music introduced me to. Does that make sense? Certainly, yes. Um, so I think that's another thing we can say about music. Music can be a tool to introduce people who don't have those experiences, who maybe aren't like a kid from the Bronx or from uh, Chicago or like... Or Compton. Or Compton or like even, I'm, I'm going to use Johnny Cash again, uh, from the poor parts of like the South. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can, you can learn about life and experiences that aren't yours through yes. music. And, and that's an experience I'll never have. I, I am a white middle class woman. I am never going to be targeted by the police. Um, but now I know that people are, and I know it through music. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that makes sense. No, it certainly does. Okay, so and so it's your turn, and then I'm going to do one more. Okay. Um, uh, your third one. My third one, I'll go with. This is sharing members with the the previous selection. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like a twofer. Well, yeah, it was kind of like <laughs> people in the band's parted ways, and this is the next project. Uh-huh. Um, but the band is The Weaker Thans, and the song is Pamphleteer. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, I feel like, as activists, a song you could relate to where it kind of describes the setting of, of trying to hand out flyers uh-huh. and, um, and kind of falling on deaf ears at times oh we've all been there yeah um Uh, but um but yeah kind of describing some settings like that and then towards the end of the the song he talks about there being a a specter on on albert street which is a a reference to um 
to Marx and the opening uh-huh. opening sentence and and the Communist Manifesto, but yeah. relating it to to uh, the street you live on rather than Europe in general. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. You know, I'm not as much of a a reader of Marx as <laughs> as some of my cohort is in in this group that we're a part of. The but I think that's awesome that like um, I, I love it when music um, references earlier art and earlier things. Like there's in the '90s there was a band who re- represent who referenced. Mr. Proofrock, which was a poem that my English teacher made me read. Oh, nice. And we thought my friend Ryan brought it to class and, and was like, this is the coolest. Yeah. Um. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's Someone. great when you kind of can see influences represented in, in an artwork and you can kind of, just uh-huh. like a notations in, in a book where you can kind of like go mm-hmm. back and, and see where those ideas came from and, and, yeah. and kind of be exposed to somebody else's influences that, um, you know, you can, and you can kind of yeah. trace, trace all these, all these things back and, to and, original and, sources. And it's, it's, it's amazing because it, I think musicians are smart people. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Um, and they're generally people I enjoy hanging around with because, Yes, I'm flattering you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, the the but no, seriously, they're people I enjoy hanging around with because they they are like writers, in my opinion, because I'm a writer. Um, they're people who think deeply about the world around them, and you can see it in their art. Um, I hope people can see it in mine, which is, you know. Not something I share very often, but I, I do write, um, and I am influenced by the world around me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude with mine, and I'm I'm cheating again and using a whole album, and I think it's it's true true. So one of these days I'm gonna tell y'all the story of uh, my upbringing in the Southern Baptist Church and the religious trauma that. Um, <laughs> that came with that. Um, But that day is not today. Um, But there is an album by Kesha, and there are um, a lot of women in my, and it was the album she released called Rainbow, and it was the album right after all that happened with um, her record deal Mm -hmm. and, and everything like that. And that entire album, and there are so many songs on that album that just speak to people who've been through something sure you know and um i just every time i hear it or hear a song i was like yeah she's talking to me nice you know and and i have i have other friends who feel the same way and you know you can you can get similar things from a lot of women artists that are on the market today florence the machine and lady gaga too they all have have songs and 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 things that speak to a particular experience that I would argue that women have more than men. Certainly, I I just can't imagine the world without people talking about these things out loud and showing their pain to make my pain better. Does that make sense? Certainly, yeah. There's there music can be very therapeutic. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, if it's you know it speaks to you and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, uh-huh. I know I completely agree. 
Yeah, so that's, I think that's the, let's close it down here. Uh, I think we, we, we've talked about some fun things. And here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to tell us songs that, and artists that have influenced you. We've got Twitter, which is South Carolina underscore new legacy. So you can tell us there, or you can tell us on Instagram, which is South Carolina. It's SC underscore new legacy, both of those, by the way. SC underscore new legacy, which is on twi our Twitter and Instagram. And our, our Facebook is facebook.com slash SCNLP. And we'll post the episode there. And you can just find the episode link on, on, on that page. And then we can maybe have a conversation about musicians that influenced you. And, and that's what I think we should do. Now, our next meeting we are going to have on Wednesday the 29th of May. And then we'll meet two weeks from there. So um, when this releases, it's, we'll be releasing this on Tuesday night on the 28th. Um, so it will be probably the day you hear it <laughs> that we'll be meeting. But our next meeting following that will be two weeks from there. And we will meet at 2015 Marion Street until we, we get kicked out. And then we might have to find a new home <laughs> because the, the school school year is going to start. And we're, we're, we're um, sort of hoboing it in, in a charter school. Um, I don't know if that's a good way to phrase that. Squatting. Squatting is the word I was looking for. Yes, thank you. Um, we're squatting in in the, the the in a charter school and next year school is starting. But for, for the immediate current time, you can find us at 2015 Marion Street in Columbia, South Carolina. Coming up after the break, Wayne and I attended the record fair. And so we've got several clips of... Um, me talking to Joe Turkley, uh, <laughs> uh, and I never pronounced his name right, so if I pronounced it wrong, Joe, I'm so sorry. And me talking to a representative of Girls Rock and a representative of Key Changes, both active in the musical charity range here in, in South Carolina. So I hope that we'll see you at our next meeting, and if we don't see you at our next meeting, um, Talk to us on Facebook about your musical influences and why you think activism and music work together so well. We'd love to hear it. So with that, um, I'm going to end this discussion with Chris, and we'll see you after the break. Welcome to the South Carolina New Legacy Podcast. I'm Vicki. And this is Wayne. And what are we doing today, Wayne? So today we're at the Columbia Record Fair. Yeah, so we get out in the community mm -hmm. sometimes. So what are we telling people about? So today we're here at the record fair, uh, letting people know that the census is coming up and uh, trying to get people uh, a little more knowledge about our Fair Maps campaign that the Progressive Network is about to start kicking off. Yeah, and so that's very important because we don't, it, with the census, we want a complete count because it helps bring money to our state. Mm -hmm. Um, the, for example, an example of that is like Head Start. You want to make sure we count as many children and young families as possible. Mm -hmm. um, money for like federal aid in, in times of disasters. So those are good things for, that would bring to the census to us too. Now tell us a little bit about our Fair Maps campaign. Now we're going to do a whole episode on this in, a, in the future, but let's, let's give a 10 minute, um, yeah, I can, uh, ten second or yeah, ten, I can make it pretty minute. brief. So in South Carolina, what we're going to be doing is uh, 
circulating petitions uh, that will go to our county councils and the petition will essentially ask for um, our county delegation uh, at the state house level to support an independent citizens redistricting commission and put that, that question and to put that question yeah. on the ballot and it, in for more for more information on that you can go to fairmapssc.com Yes. Yep. So I think you definitely want to check out that website. So mm -hmm. we're we're gonna be reporting from here for um, a little while. In the day, yeah. In the day, and and we're gonna just sort of give you some feedback on what we're seeing here, or if we buy anything cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so and we definitely want to make sure that people know about again fairmapssc.com. Also, the census is looking for workers, not just volunteers. Yep. Uh, so you can apply at 2020census.gov slash jobs. jobs. Yep. And we'll have more uh, a little later. A little later. Thanks. Welcome back to the South Carolina New Legacy Prod Podcast. We're at the Record Fair again. And today we are just interviewing some, some folks who are here representing great organizations. And I have one here today that does music therapy, and it's called Key Changes. Yeah, so it's Key Changes Therapy Services. And what's your name? My name is Natalie Mullis. Uh-huh. So tell us about Key Changes. What, what, what is it? Yeah, so we are a nonprofit organization providing therapy services for um, children with special needs, adults as well, with a variety of health issues uh -huh. going on. But we focus on making creative arts therapies accessible. And uh -huh. so our focus right now is music therapy uh -huh. um, and raising funds for children with special needs to be able to access it because it's something that a lot of kids will benefit from yep. because music is just so accessible it's it's a universal language it is it is yeah um but unfortunately insurance doesn't cover it of for the course most not part. No. that's 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 it why would it cover something helpful you know, it would make sense yeah <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about your programs that you have going on what what do you do yeah so we work right now with about 40 or so children with a wide range of diagnoses, everything from autism to, you know, very rare genetic disorders uh -huh. um, that for, for whichever way it shows up, cause some delays and issues, um, uh -huh. more so with the world adapting to them yeah. than they're adapting to the world. But so um, uh -huh. we use music as a way to help them with that. So uh -huh. uh, it's more motivating. The brain entrains with music. Uh -huh. um, you know, you think like your heartbeat and your lungs. It's all rhythmic. We all have the rhythm. Yeah, I told and so you. We it's a universal language. Yes. <laughs> um, so we use it. And um, uh -huh. one of the things that's coming up actually next weekend that's really cool is we're doing we do a recital every year yeah because these are the kids that you know the um teachers and whatnot in school do their best to accommodate them uh -huh. for productions and what have you but there's not a central role for them of course um and so this is their chance to be their name front and center sure. in the program uh -huh. they're the only person on stage other than their music therapist with them yeah and they are showing what they can do and it's everything from shaking an egg shaker nice. throughout the entirety of the song yeah to original positions uh -huh. written by some of our kids so, so do, do you teach all sorts of instruments or do you focus on 
yeah. a specific subset? Yeah, so, well, we predominantly utilize uh, percussion instruments, guitar, piano, and voice, just because uh-huh. those are accessible. a little bit more accessible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so with the percussion as well, we can set it up um, pitched and non-pitched uh-huh. to where it's accessible for anyone because we don't require any type of musical knowledge yeah. to participate in music Of course therapy. not. You shouldn't. No. So uh-huh. that's, that's our job as music yeah. therapist is to make a successful experience that's going to uh-huh. meet those therapeutic goals for the person yeah. that we're working with. That's that's wonderful. So if if you had a dream, what what would that look like? What would your dream program look like? Yeah. So, well, my dream program would be for music therapy, art therapy, dance therapy, and what have you Uh to be referred out by physicians as frequently as speech and occupational therapy and physical Uh therapy and having those disciplines work together Uh um, to make sure that we provide the best opportunity for all the people that we work with. And and I talk a lot about children with special needs because that's where our focus is right now. Mm -hmm. And it's the largest population that we feel we can impact at the moment. Uh But also, you know, adults in mental health settings, children in mental health settings, um, substance abuse rehabilitation, cancer, um, cancer treatment, people in the hospital. You know, we have a music Uh therapist at the children's hospital and it's wonderful. That's wonderful, Um, yeah. But it's not... If, if you're not inpatient in the hospital, it's not really something that you can get. get. So if somebody wanted to, say, donate to you, how mm-hmm. would that work? Um, um, do you have a website? Yeah, we have a website. It's keychangestherapy.com. We're also um, active on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. We have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's getting there. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we have donate options on all of those different pages Uh and um, if someone has questions about Mm -hmm. how to access your services can they also find information there Mm -hmm. yeah we have contact links on our website and Facebook Um, Uh everything's pretty accessible and and you're located in Irmo South Carolina right now no we're in West Columbia West Columbia okay so we are right up from the botanical gardens that's great that's great so I appreciate your time today thank you and thank you for coming and doing this little short interview yeah um have a good record fair yes all right (laughs) (laughs) well cool thank you welcome back to the south carolina new legacy podcast we have with us here today a south carolina progressive network member who has been shopping at the record fair joe tell us what you bought well, I was lucky enough to um, find a few vendors and was able to pick up some classic 80s reggae. I got uh-huh. a few uh, maxi singles, some black uhuru. Uh-huh. Uh, uhuru, of course, means freedom. Nice. And uh, we have a little party in session. We have a party next door's maxi 7 inch. Uh-huh. I was also able to pick up their What's His Life 7 inch with solidarity nice. on the other side. Classic. Nice. Tell, uh, tell us why you like reggae. Well, um, reggae music has a good message if you listen uh-huh. to it. Um, yeah. Not the reggae music that's most popular. I mean, they do have a message to it, but you got to go beyond the tip of the iceberg of what most people listen uh-huh. to reggae and, and find stuff like Black Uhuru, which is they have a lot of political stuff, they say, compared to some of my Gregory Isaacs records I have, who is more of a lover's rock. And uh-huh. he sings more about... Um, 
losing lovers and sometimes having to chase off having too many. Uh -huh. I see that you've got and, uh, Grace Jones there too. Yeah, that's well, I a good choice. I picked up a good Grace Jones. The Grace Jones of my life is actually she was on Island Records, which is a um, most reggae is on the uh, Island Records, which uh -huh. is um, which is uh. Mostly reggae. It's part of uh, Atlantic recording. It was a uh, reggae. Atlantic, re yeah. yeah. But this one has a classic reggae duo, drum and bass player Sly and Robbie, uh -huh. and they actually do all the stuff on the Black Uhuru as well. Yeah, you got a so, couple of Black um, Uhuru there. I, I have see. a few. We got another Maxi Seven Inch, Fit You Happy Fit, a Junior Reed song that they covered. Nice. And a Conviction of a Fine. So it's a, a Maxi Seven Inch covers. Also got a Conquer the Tanker, a Delroy Reed cover, mm -hmm. and another Gregory Isaacs private uh -huh. beach party. He's of course is the lovers rocker. Of course. And of course Sly and Robbie are on these records yeah, as well. Yeah, so I had no idea you weren't so into reggae, Joe. Well, I am. I am. Yeah, it's one it's of my good. favorite genres of music. I even uh -huh. love it so much. I took a trip to Jamaica back in. Uh, early, 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 like 91 or so. And did did, and did you see any good performers while you were there? No, because by then, the era of reggae I like, which is early 80s, late 70s, was over, and dance hall started taking over, and uh -huh. um, the music had a different message. Instead of yeah. the, the, the political message and the lovers-type music, it became more club music yeah. and, and, and dance hall was a different spin and it didn't have the drum and bass uh -huh. fuel behind it it was more more like club music yeah. and the lyrical content wasn't quite as stuff that i was into you you and i are slightly different i went in there and i picked up some jazz records oh, wow. i picked up some miles davis oh, and yay. ella fitzgerald yay. and dino washington and sarah vaughn well, i think those good. will sound excellent on a record player yeah and if you got a good new needle on it uh, yeah uh, it'll sound even better i just got two new needles i got off of amazon the other nice. day they were, uh, it was the cartridge and the needle. So I've been trying to get well, needles because I thought my mind had been beat up. Uh -huh. So I bought two just in case because I have a uh -huh. classic old um, record set up with a couple of techniques yeah. and an old Radio Shack mixer like a radio station would have. Nice. My, my, my dad, when I was growing up, had a full stereo system that he bought when he was in Vietnam. Oh, wow. And so that's what I got used to listening to music on when I was growing up. I never owned a record player as an adult person until two weeks ago. So what? now I'm a brand new record enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to build up my collection. So I'm starting with the basics. Yeah. Um, and I just want to make sure I get a good jazz collection. Oh. So um, have you always been a vinyl listener? Or I have. are you just returning to it? I have, I've always had records and record players. And actually uh -huh. have way too many. And most of them are broke. And... I'm supposed to be liquidating, cleaning those up, and doing something with them soon. Yeah. But I have a couple of real nice ones, and then I have um, for for playing uh -huh. events and stuff like that. And I also have um, you know, some for your house, the old belt-driven ones, which are just as fine and good. Uh -huh. Um, I just for some reason I have too many. I'm like a collector. If I see one at a thrift store for five bucks, I get it. Cause yeah, because you, you if you, it yeah. doesn't work, I could get parts off of it, and if I don't need it, I could find someone like you. Who, 
uh, likes records, uh, uh, doesn't have a record player, and I would yeah. be able to gift it to. I, I think you might want to talk to Wayne because oh. I think he's he's in the market. Well, I believe I have a whole collection over at that warehouse. One, <laughs> of, our, one of our members has a warehouse, and I got to get my stuff out of it. Oh before my goodness! He, before he transfers it to a, a art art center, so yeah, he's been so, lucky enough to let us in a progressive network store some stuff in his building for a while, but yeah. Soon, soon. Soon, yeah. Yeah, so that's that sounds great. I thank you for 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 talking to us. Wonderful. And, well, I'm glad uh, to sit down with you. And, and we just wanted to talk to somebody who bought some records. Um, <laughs> so, South Carolina, welcome to the South Carolina New Legacy Podcast. I'm sitting here today at the Columbia Record Fair with a representative of Girls Rock. Will you start with your name? Yeah, hi, this is Bree Farber. I am a board member on Girls Rock Columbia and um, a, a volunteer for the last two years. So That's awesome. So can you tell us what Girls Rock Columbia is and what yeah. they do? We are a youth empowerment group for um, young girls and non-binary and trans youth between ages 8 and 17. And what we want them to have at the end of our camp, which is our main programming for youth, is a sense of confidence, creativity, and, and empowerment. Yeah. So how often do you do the camps? The camp is once every summer. Um, this year it's the third week in July, typically is. Yeah. And we also have programming for adults. So we have uh, our adult camp, which is a rock roulette where we put uh, adults into into bands. And I, then- I have some friends who've done that, and yeah. they had such a good time. Yeah. Um, so you, y'all do cover songs? We do cover songs. We do originals, and so do our youth. Uh-huh. They, uh-huh. they will... Over the course of a week, they will be able to uh, practice instruments and practice being a band and writing a, and performing a song together. Yeah. So d- does it require any kind of musical knowledge None before at you all. start? None at awesome. all. Awesome. So like they learn to play an instrument in they a do. week they do. as well. Yeah. See, that's so cool, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, yeah. how much fun do they have? I would say they have an amazing amount of fun because it's not just the music. They're doing fun mm-hmm. workshops. They do things like improv, self-defense, all sorts of artistic um, projects. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of opportunities for self-expression and yeah. connecting with a bunch of other really cool youth. That's that's all. Sounds so much fun. I would have loved that when I was a child. Exactly. And Me I think too. I think that's that's the the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would somebody um, sign up for the camps? So right now we're accepting applications for uh, campers as well as volunteers and workshop proposals. So if you go to our, webs- our website, girlsrockcolumbia.org, um, you'll be able to find our documents to, to yeah. get on our, our list and start that process. That sounds awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Girls Rock? I will tell you what I know, which that is, works not, too. is not as much as I would like. So I, I believe Girls Rock started probably six years ago, and um, it was a group of music enthusiasts, um, uh, young uh, women, and um, they wanted to start uh, a Girls Rock program in Columbia because they knew of other ones that were Uh nearby and they wanted that here for our youth and um, they 
reached out to a children's foster home and um, were able to hold their first camp, which I think had maybe 20 youth. Uh Um, So very small, and it's grown now to uh, roughly 70 youth every summer. Yeah, I have have friends who put their kids in the program, so every summer my Facebook feed is full of cool little girls doing fun um, activities and... All, again, like I said, stuff I would have wanted to do as a child. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the adult program. How would somebody get involved with that? Yeah, there's a lot of ways for adults to be involved. If you're interested in volunteering, we have um, opportunities at camp. We have an organizer committee, and they mm-hmm. help with our programming throughout the year. So it is things like showing up to the record fair, um, but uh-huh. also... Uh, events where we're doing our fun fundraisers like Rock Roulette, where yeah. we're doing the um, adult bands. Yeah. So, so that, that sounds like such a great time. Um, so since we are here at the Record Fair, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about music. What kind of music do you like to sing when you play? Sing and play. Uh, so I am probably one of the least musically uh, apt people in the group, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I think... The, the song that inspired me when I did Rock Roulette for my band, Swords uh-huh. and Pentacles, shout out to yeah. my, my folks in that band, we were wow, inspired. tarot reference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we wrote a song all about tarot. Yeah. Um, and we were inspired by Stevie Nicks, and, um, Angel Olsen, some pretty uh-huh. badass like female yeah. Um, musicians. Yeah. I, I, oh, please, okay. go yeah. ahead. So I am... Um, also a tarot enthusiast. We'll have mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, I own several decks. So interesting that you named your, your band that way and, yeah. and created a song about swords and pen, uh, about tarot. Um, so yeah, what I'm going to tell you my personal favorite karaoke song that I do every time I sing karaoke badly. And it's Black Velvet by Atlanta oh. Miles good choice yeah yeah Yeah. so it's it's a fun song to sing and it suits my voice Mm -hmm. um i i i I sing it badly though again i also sing copacabana very badly at karaoke so but this is more different more than karaoke it's like real live rock band it is yeah becoming a real live rock punk we're hoping to be able to offer hip-hop um, oh, kind of training or opportunities yeah. this summer. So whatever youth are inspired to do, and they go for it. They yeah. have amazing songs that I would listen to. Uh, yeah, that's great. In the future. Yeah. That's great. I, I just love it. I yeah. love I love how happy the, the girls are and how empowered they feel afterwards. Like, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, our youth are really amazing people. So. I, was, I was telling... Brie earlier about my friend um, River who is in Charlotte and has told her mother that she wants to be a rock star so I made her a playlist of hardcore women rockers because I thought she needed it and um, I included Cherry Bomb on there and she she heard it and told her mother that that's what I want to do. That's it. So yeah. 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 So So that's that's what Girls Rock does for for kids. It gives them the think hey I can do that too and then they do it and then and they so, do it yeah exactly yeah. so and I just I love it so thank you for your time yeah. and pitch, pitch everything again for your social media your um, websites things like that 
I'm not going to be the best board member. I So I, if you go to girlsrockcolumbia.org, that's our website. We are also on Twitter. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook. We're most active on Instagram and Facebook. So if you uh-huh. follow Girls Rock Columbia on um on Facebook or Girls Rock Cola on Instagram, yeah. you'll be able to see most of our programming. And see that and that's that. fun. We we'll do it. Thank yeah. you for taking a few minutes out of your day yeah. at the record fair here to talk to us. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Vicky. You're welcome.